on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champion. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio, 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. What's happening, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you on board. You're listening on the ESPN app, which you should be. And that's both Syracuse and Utica, by the way. If you get the ESPN app, you find the Listen tab. You can listen to both ESPN Radio Syracuse, ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. If it's the case of this show, it's on both stations, but... Throughout the day, whatever you want to listen to, wherever you go, we can go with you on the ESPN app. It's another beautiful day, 80 degrees, sunshine in central New York. Great Memorial Day weekend forecast on the way. So get out and about and do things and take us with you on the ESPN app. Here's how you get in touch with the program today. A couple great ways to do that. 437-7644. That's the phone number. You can always hit me on Twitter where the show never stops. Brent Axe Media, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. If you'd like to get in touch that way, you got your face in your phone, you might as well fire off a hot take or two at us. That's hot. On a nice hot day while you're at it, okay? We have one guest joining us today and looking forward to speaking with this gentleman as the Rockets and Warriors get ready to do battle once again. Our good friend Mike Meltzer from Sports Radio 610. Terrific radio station in the Houston area will join us. He does their morning show. He's a Syracuse grad. He's our official Houston correspondent. Sorry, Salmanine. Sorry about that. Meltzer beat you out. I, I heard Sal's been big time in us, by the way. He I I've 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 heard from some not so anonymous sources that Sal will not come on the station unless the Rockets make the finals. What a diva. We call Meltzer. He texts me back in like 45 seconds, as opposed to some other guests who text me back earlier this week saying, oh, I'm sorry I can't come on. My wife's in labor. <laughs> kind of excuse is that? Be a break. Meltzer's on it. So Mike Meltzer will join us later to preview that. You can be my guest, of course. We will get a little bit more into the anthem protest stuff. Game 7 last night, leading to a Stanley Cup. Hot takes. Uh, Syracuse basketball news that I want to get into on two fronts. Uh, yes, Seth Goldberg. Sal was on today. He was on today? <laughs> yes. Oh, well, I stand corrected then. We made him go back on his word. He dropped his yes. diva, I won't come on to the finals thing, and, and actually 
remembered his roots. All right, I, I stand corrected on that. He's still a diva. That's not you know any different, but uh, there you go. I stand corrected. Shows you how much I listen to this place, right? Good to know. Uh, you know what else today is and this weekend is. And... I feel like we do this every couple months now, right? We're in a real rhythm here, and I'm starting to get a little Star Wars fatigue, but another opening night, another bro date, Paulie, the Axe Man, the Mighty Ty Doyle will be in attendance tonight as Solo, a Star Wars story premieres. I'm feeling a lot better about this one than I was prior. I'm going in fresh-minded. I'm going in open-minded. I have avoided reviews. I mean, there's certain things you just can't avoid, certain feedback, and some things that just kind of cross your social media timelines. But uh, I'm going to go in open-minded. I will have a full review on the program tomorrow, as I always do, for the a spoiler-free one, of course, for all the fellow nerds out there. So it's always a good day when there's a new Star Wars movie lined up, although I was not fond of The Last Jedi, so we'll see if uh, we get a little makeup call. It's an even year, so that's a standalone movie. This one all about Han Solo, and from again, I'm trying to avoid stuff, but from all indications, this is more of a young Lando movie than a young Solo movie. The great Donald Glover playing uh, Lando, who apparently is a, um, can I say this word on the radio? I, I don't know if I can say this, so I'll just avoid it, but there's uh there's some stories floating out there about the character's, let's say, uh, sexual preferences. And I'll just, I'll just kind of leave it at that. And That's hot. It's Lando, so you know, she's very open-minded. We'll just go with that. So we're looking forward to that, and I'll have a full review on tomorrow's show. Here's where I want to start, though, and that is, we did not get the Danduva Bowl in the sense that, yes, I do. The Tampa Bay Lightning lost Game 7 last night. The Washington Capitals, yes, I'm saying this, you are in a not, you are in this dimension, you are not in an alternate dimension, unless this is the alternate dimension. But this is coming out of my mouth. The Washington Capitals won a game of consequence. The Washington Capitals did not choke. The Washington Capitals are going to the Stanley Cup Final, and they are going there for the first time since 1998 when they were just grossly outmatched by one of the great teams ever, that Detroit Red Wings squad. So Washington's first real crack at a Stanley Cup ever happens now. So that means the Tampa Bay Lightning did not win because had the Tampa Bay Lightning got back to the Stanley Cup final, there'd be Central New York connections everywhere, more than you could shake a stick at. All the former crunch players... Tyler Johnson and Yanni Gord and Anthony Sorelli, and the list goes on and on of the players, Andre Palat, that dot that Tampa Bay Lightning roster that, of course, skated here, and a lot of them for, you know, not just a couple games, like a significant amount of time, versus the Vegas Golden Knights with all of their Central New York connections, including our good friend Dan Duva, but also Alex Tuck, the Beeville native, and Jonathan Marcia Show, who was once a great player for the crunch here and and a couple other uh, key figures that are central New York connected. So we'll have to focus in on that. And I've brought this up a time or two, but now that it's here, it doesn't start till Monday night. So you got a couple days to kind of let this settle in. And then the conversation will ramp up again next week. But why would I sitting here in Syracuse, New York root for the Vegas golden Knights? Now you have reason to, in the sense of, "Eh, I don't really have a dog in the fight. 
I'm just going to kind of root for somebody. Because if you're like me, like I cannot impartially watch anything. Like I inevitably will root for someone or something. If I just flip on a game, like I, I start leaning one way or the other. I have to have a rooting interest in it. Some people have a problem with this and need some sort of rooting interest in sports. They're called gamblers. <laughs> like They can't just watch a game. They've got to have some action on it. I thankfully am not one of those people because, uh, as you know, Vegas just wants your money. Billion dollars. And Vegas always wins. Even when you win once in a while, Vegas always wins. As Uncle Brent likes to tell you, don't bet on sports, but you bet on sports anyway. And it's about to get a lot easier, right, with the Supreme Court ruling that came down recently. But the Vegas Golden Knights provide you with a rooting local interest. You know that. We've covered that. We mentioned the names that are there. I think what we have been given here, and I know that I'm somebody that always tries to sell hockey and, look, the NBA Finals, whatever they turn out to be, if it's the anticipated Cleveland Cavaliers-Golden State Warriors matchup, if it's the Boston Celtics against Golden State, if somehow the Houston Rockets can get by Golden State and face either Cleveland or Boston, the NBA is sitting pretty because no matter what the NBA Finals are, it's going to be a ratings behemoth. The biggest one, I think, would be LeBron against Golden State, again. We've seen it, we've been there, we've done that, but like these Star Wars movies that come out every six months and certain things, certain rhythms and patterns that we go through in life, it provides comfort. It provides a rooting interest to once again go in there and root for or against dynasties, root for or against LeBron James, root for or against these teams that, yes, we've heard so much about, but there they are again. But no matter what, you've got, Four great markets. You've got the biggest stars in the game, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, throwing Steph Curry, throwing James Harden, you know, the MVP of the league, and definitely one of the biggest stars. I mean, everybody's there that they need. So they're sitting pretty no matter what. Hockey's really got to work hard to get the impartial fan, to get the casual fan to even watch a little bit of what's going on. And the fact that the Vegas Golden Knights are there is fantastic. I think it's great. It's not a huge market, per se, in terms of the ratings. Like, the NBA is going to get Houston's a top-five market. Boston is a top-five market. LeBron James, the biggest star in the game. Golden State, the most recognized and best team in the game. I mean, they're set no matter what. So market-wise, it's Washington, D.C., and Vegas. It's, you know, two different coasts, if you will. Vegas is not on the coast, but two different parts of the country. But the story of Vegas... I think almost passes the mom test. Like my mom, I like to use the mom test as a barometer here. If my mom is aware of something in sports, and yes, her son does a sports show that she listens to, but she doesn't care. Like she's just, you know, she's not a fan of most things. But if she's aware of it, like, oh, yeah, that Vegas team, like this is their first year in the league. That's pretty neat. And then you add the Central New York connections to it. There's an interest level there. With the Capitals, I think you have to know the story a little bit, but it's a great story. Alexander Ovechkin is probably at the top of the list of the greatest players in professional sports that don't have championships or haven't even played for one. And if he's not at the top of the list, he's in the top three. He gets his shot now. Alexander Ovechkin's doing fine. He's made a lot of money. He's one of the best players in the world. His status as a Hall of Famer as one of the greatest hockey players of all time is in cement. But we all know about legacies and what you're remembered for. 
and you don't want to be the best that never. As great as it was that the Buffalo Bills went to four Super Bowls, that's Jim Kelly's legacy. That's the legacy of those teams. You didn't do it, right? you got to get that championship to close any holes in the resume. Capitals fans that have suffered through so many breakdowns, so many chokes, so many collapses, now get a real shot at a cup. And it's a great storyline in the sense that Vegas should not be here, but they are. They're a first-year team. They're a young team. They're almost too ignorant to know how big of a deal this is. I think it's going to hit them once they get to the Stanley Cup final. I think that the Caps are a little more experienced. They're more physical. I am going to pick the Capitals to win the Stanley Cup, and I can't believe I just said that in six games. I think Vegas will make a push here, but I just think the Capitals experience their physical play. If Holtby continues to play at the level he has, I think the Caps are going to squeeze out a six or seven win series here. I'm going to pick six, but wouldn't stun me if it went seven in the least. This is a great Stanley Cup final storyline wise for Vegas, for Ovechkin. Hockey wise, the matchup is great. And it'll struggle to get the rating that it does, but I think you're going to see a little more interest in this as usual. It's a little more mainstream as usual, whereas the NBA, they're just sitting pretty no matter what happens. So we got a few days to let it digest. We'll come back from Memorial Day weekend. Game one is actually Monday on Memorial Day. And I'll be interested to see what the casual fan does, if they will gravitate towards this. And let me reiterate, in Syracuse, New York, you've got plenty of reasons to. You've got a local kid in Alex Tuck. From Beeville, at 22 years old, trying to win the Stanley Cup. The voice of the team, of course, is our friend Dan Duva. He used to be right here on this radio station hosting a talk show and is the voice of the Crunch. You've got people that used to play in Syracuse, albeit with the Crunch, but, you know, a local tie in the sense of Jonathan Marsha show, who was a well-liked player here. And he's not going to win the Conn Smythe Trophy, but he's in the conversation for it. Even the trainer used to work for the Crunch. George McPhee, the general manager, put together the very first Syracuse Crunch team 25 years ago. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to root for the Vegas Golden Knights if you got no dog in the race. If you're rooting for the Capitals, it's because you were already a fan or you want Ovechkin to win or you know, there's some other tie there. Game 7 was really interesting last night because here you have, and you're going to hear a lot of former Syracuse Crunch players here, Yanni Gord, wide open net, can't get a stick on the puck. Anthony Sorelli, wide open net, can't get it in. Victor Hedman, fires a laser, hits the post. There were all these little breaks that usually went against the Capitals that went for them. Braden Holpe was brilliant. Again, then you have a guy like Andre Burakovsky who comes out of nowhere to score two goals. You know, I mentioned the experience of this Capitals team. Alexander Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom. There's only five players in the history of the NHL that have played in more Game 7s than those two. And they have a losing record in Game 7, but they won the most important Game 7 to this point. And for Tampa Bay, in essence, again, the Syracuse Crunch, because there's so many former Crunch players there, Tampa has now been in three of the last four Eastern Conference Finals. And they're 1-2 and two in those Finals. They went to the Stanley Cup Final in 2015 and lost. And you look at that and you say, well, what's missing? What are they doing wrong? Why do they lose in those spots? Why do they have a losing record there? And I really can't point at anything. Because Andre Vasilevsky was brilliant. They have speed, scoring. Maybe they could be a little more physical as a team, but that's not what the emphasis is. 
Tampa Bay, just they're a machine. And the fact that Syracuse is affiliated with them and we continue to see the talent level, the consistent feeding of talent that we see here that, that you know grows at a rate that they should. And if anything, that's the only thing that Lightning team lacks is just experience. And that sounds weird because they've been in three of the last four Eastern Conference Finals, but it's a really young team. You, you don't want to panic. You don't want to say what's wrong here because you haven't gotten there. I mean, they're doing everything right. They've got a great feeder system. They've got a great coach and John Cooper. They've got a great general manager and Steve Eisman. They've got a great organization top to bottom, as we see here in Syracuse. But that's not how they'll look at it. They'll look at it and say, what are we doing wrong? Because we're not getting over that hump. We're, we're getting right to that line, but not getting where they should be. I mean, they could be in the Stanley Cup Finals three of the last four years. Instead, they're one and two. It's going to be a great Stanley Cup final, I think. Storylines, matchup-wise, everything. It'll struggle to get a two rating, but it may end up being more interesting than whatever the NBA feeds us. And the NBA is guaranteed to be a blockbuster. We'll talk to Mike Meltzer about that later in the show, our buddy from Sports Radio 610 in Houston. We've got hot takes on the way and much more. Some Syracuse hoops news that we'll get into today. Really big non-conference game added to the slate that turned out to be pretty important for Syracuse last year. We'll dig into that. Hot takes to come up, including, uh, boy, Richie Incognito. Oh, mama. Richie, I I hope you get the help you need. But this is not a surprise in the least. We'll get into that. A little more on the anthem protest stuff. You've had a day to kind of absorb it. Of course, President Trump chimed in on it. Players chiming in on it, a bad case of timing for the NFL and something that happened in a different sport yesterday. We'll get into all that coming up, and you're free to join the conversation at 437-7644. We're back after this on the block. Great to have you here. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Hello there. Welcome back. Welcome aboard either way. So glad you're here on another stunning, sunny, 80-degree day in central New York. Loving life, baby. Get out of mom's basement. Get outside. Enjoy the vitamin D. You can take us with you on the ESPN app, by the way. If you download the app, hit the Listen tab, find either ESPN Syracuse or ESPN Utica Rome. What's happening in Mohawk Valley? Bring us along with you. Wherever you go, especially on great days like today, if you're going to be out and about this weekend, you may be going up to camp this weekend, you're going to be out of town for the holiday weekend, you pull up the app, you can listen to us wherever you are. It is a beautiful thing. So I want to get into a few Syracuse basketball things here right off the top. We've got Mike Meltzer coming up a little later on this hour, our buddy from Sports Radio 610. Solo opens tonight. Yep, bro date in uh, full effect coming up. We've got a three-way bro day tonight. But why is that funny? Anyway, Paulie, the mighty Ty Doyle, former producer of mine for you longtime listeners, and uh, yours truly will be there. 7 o'clock show, because we're old and have to go to the early show now. Can't do the midnight one anymore. Can't even do 9.30. The relief from... <laughs> Both Ty and Paulie, when I said I got the 7 o'clock show, was was palpable. Oh, thank God. Yeah, we're going to go have an early bird special beforehand. It's going to be great. So a uh, full review tomorrow. 
from Solo, a Star Wars story. Always a good day when a new Star Wars movie comes out, though I was uh, not fond. Why did I hit that button? Sorry. <laughs> I was not fond of The Last Jedi, I have to admit. Mm-mm. No. My we'll see how Solo does that. Adam Zagoria, zagsblog.com, has been reporting a lot of Tyus Battle news as of late. You wonder who his source is. And one of the latest things he's reporting is that the New York Knicks have been added to the list of teams that Tyus Battle will work out for. So Tyus has worked out so far for the L.A. Clippers. He worked out this week for the Brooklyn Nets and the Orlando Magic and add the New York Knicks to the list. Brooklyn has picks 29, 40, and 45, which are all in the sweet spot for Tyus Battle. And that's just the thing, like, Pinning down the range of where Tyus Battle could go is somewhere in that, I don't even want to put him in first-round territory right now, but to be fair, I will. Late first to anywhere to mid to late second round. Like, he could fall anywhere in that category, whereas some players in in recent past have had kind of a narrower field. That's a fun word to say. To fall into, like, for example, and again, different player, different scenario, but Tyler Lydon, everything I heard all year long, from the start of the season right to the day before the draft, he's going between 20 and 30. And he went 22nd, so or 24th, right? So he fell in that range. Brooklyn, any one of those picks, he could go. If they hold on to those picks, they all make sense. Orlando has six. He's not going there, but they also have 35 and 41. So, again, assuming no trades and they hold on to those picks, that's in a sweet spot. The Knicks have the 37th overall pick in the second round. The Clippers... I think the Clippers are a strong trade candidate, though they could get a great player sitting there. But they have the 12th and the 13th overall pick. And uh, let's see, just glancing at it here. What do the Clippers have in the second round? Did I skim over it here? I did not see what their second round pick is. But the Knicks have the 37th overall pick, which is right in Tyus's sweet spot there. So... He's working out for teams that are certainly in the range of where he could go. It would make the most sense. The Knicks also have the ninth overall pick, which, of course, uh, he won't be going there. Now, remember, Tyus has until May 30th to make his decision, and he's getting in as many workouts as he can. We had heard four workouts were scheduled. He could always get one or two more in before May 30th, but we're six days away from decision day. He has until May 30th to either decide to stay in the draft and go for it or kind of pull out and say, thanks for the memories, I'll see you next year, and return to Syracuse. If Tyus Battle comes back to this team next year, Syracuse continues to do the smart thing here and to do what you have to do in non-conference play, which is try and load up on as many Quadrant 1 or Quadrant 2 opportunities as you can get, as we all learned about the Quadrant system last year. We know how important RPI is and strength of schedule, beefing up that non-conference slate. I love the fact that Syracuse and Buffalo now play on a regular basis. I love the fact that it's a key non-conference game. And look, you go back to last year. If you pick a non-conference game that may have swung Syracuse's resume on the right side of the quadrant system, Buffalo fit right in that category because that kind of you know towed the line between a quad one and a quad two win. It was seen as a quality non-conference win, and you just never know with these games. You've got the ACC Big Ten Challenge. You've got the 2K Classic you play in. You've got 
non-conference games that you schedule because of past interest, but also you hope help your RPI, like UConn, like Georgetown. There's always two or three teams that end up making the tournament that maybe you didn't anticipate at the beginning of the season that Syracuse plays. You know, they win the MAC championship or teams that are anticipated to win their league. The fact that Buffalo and St. Bonaventure last year, and we'll see if they get added to the schedule too, which would be great, but the fact that Buffalo is now regularly on the schedule and it matters, you got to love that because you get the Western New York connection, the fans that come in. That was a terrific game at the Dome last year, 81-74. Buffalo led as late as, what, I think there was like three minutes to go. O'Shea Brissett had 25 points in that game and, and really kind of you know, provided the separation that Syracuse needed. But Buffalo returns pretty much everybody from a team that won the MAC, went to the NCAA tournament, and don't forget, beat Arizona in the first round. Big 13-4 upset, and Arizona was dealing with some stuff. Remember all the Sean Miller things going on and the FBI stuff and all that nonsense. But, look, Buffalo took advantage of it. You can only play as put in front of you, and they beat them. They bring back Nick Perkins from that team. C.J. Massenburg from that team, Jeremy Harris from that team. I mean, Massenburg averaged 17 points per game. Perkins averaged 16 points per game. Harris averaged 15 points per game. Dante Carruthers, former MAC Defensive Player of the Year. Massenburg and Harris are one of the better backcourts, not only in the MAC, but could be one of the better backcourts in college basketball next year. Buffalo's good. And that is... December 18th, that's a Tuesday night, heading into that Christmas break. And there was a good run of this right before Christmas break last year. Wasn't there like three games in five days, if I'm not mistaken, right before Christmas break last year? So if you're going to schedule quality non-conference games, which you have to do now to stay in the you know quadrant RPI way, you might as well bring in quality regional teams that create interest. That's what I love about the message being sent from the committee that you got to play people. and We're going to notice who you play all year long. When it works out that you can bring in Buffalo, bring in St. Bonaventure, bring in old Big East rivals, it's a four-month season. We're as interested in our local team as any college basketball market in the country, so we're always into the team itself and follow it passionately, but I love that November and December games, more often than not, feel as big as ACC games. Because you have to do it. That's the game you have to play these days. You are now in a situation where you have no excuses not to beef up your non-conference schedule. Syracuse has learned that lesson as hard as anybody and has really been the example of how to do it. Four months. It matters. That Buffalo game last year, when you're riding the bubble, when you're a team that's right on the fringe, and we're all watching Selection Sunday with the outcome not known. You start adding up quality wins, and I think that's why a lot of people felt good about what Syracuse was dealing with on Selection Sunday. It all comes down to what's happening when it's 80 degrees out, and it's the middle of spring heading into summer. Who you schedule and how you schedule now affects what happens on Selection Sunday. So you've I mentioned it. So you got Old Dominion. Usual games against Cornell and Colgate will be on the slate. Colgate hasn't been made official yet. Cornell has. But you know Colgate's going to be on there. Syracuse plays in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. The 2K Classic will provide a few games this year. UConn at Madison Square Garden. Again, 
turned out to be another quality non-conference slate for Syracuse. Buffalo made official today, and again, that's going to be on Tuesday, December 18th. We're going to talk some hoops next. Warriors, Rockets, the National Basketball Association, our official Houston correspondent. Take that, Sal. Our buddy Mike Meltzer, Sports Radio 610, coming up next. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Hang in there. Thank you. Bye-bye.